day 52. We're in the process of interviewing for a few different positions on staff. These appointments are all significant because having the best people in the right positions is a critical part of us working well as a team. We're currently in the middle of considering candidates for the Director of Finance and Accounting. Today I'm thankful for good people who are willing to explore working with us in the future and pray for wisdom and discernment for them and for us. Moreover, I'm grateful for our HR team who work hard to facilitate the recruitment, selection and appointment process. Selection for a team in sport or work is a huge responsibility. It is a privilege to be involved in processes and decisions that profoundly affect people's lives. I never take it lightly. Putting your hand up for consideration places you in a vulnerable position and I always try to be as positive as possible and give each person the best opportunity to showcase their talents and explore their potential contribution. Of course, there are times when tough decisions need to be made and people are disappointed and occasionally hurt. It is especially painful when a decision appears to be political or personal rather than being principled. Selection is always a judgment call and it's always harder to accept the decision when it goes against you than for you. I'm grateful to have had both experiences multiple times on the way through life. Someone else being preferred for a position invariably feels like rejection, although it often leads to a different door opening and a new opportunity. I have never aspired to consider myself the smartest person in the room. If you have been in a leadership position for any length of time and sincerely believe in your own superiority, your evaluation is likely flawed. If you have been somewhere for a while and still think you're the smartest person in the room, either your room is way too small or you are not smart enough to develop others to surpass your ability. We need to be committed to recruiting, training, developing and empowering others who will not only succeed us but exceed us. This requires a certain amount of humility and a recognition that we are stewards of whatever office or position we hold and will pass the baton to others. In these interviews, we are not looking for people who will just be a safe pair of hands or who will not rock the boat. We want people who will challenge the status quo, who will call us to become a better version of ourselves, who will ask searching questions and propose innovative solutions. But good appointments go beyond selecting individuals who measure up to a template. There are no perfect fits. And if we learn anything from the pattern of selection in the Bible, God does not often follow human norms and wisdom in his leadership choices. So all this needs to happen through the lens of faith, holding lightly to my preconceived ideas. But there are a number of factors which I try to bear in mind in selection, in sport and in work. So here are seven C's of selection. Number one convictions. Does the person share core beliefs and common values? Diversity does not mean uniformity, but a strong foundation is essential if we are to build an inclusive community and pursue a common goal. 
This is why mission organisations and churches have placed a high value on doctrinal statements, creeds and covenants. It is why we value statements that articulate the soul of the team. In sport, we often talk about pride in the shirt. This is not because of the value of the article of clothing. It is that it embodies shared history, values and beliefs. This can also be true of badges and logos, which are expressive of identity, rather than being largely decorative. Are you going to fit in here? Do you belong? Are we your people? 2. Calling Does the person have a desire to do this and feel that this is where they should be? Is this option their first choice or their last resort? If they're a Christian, is this a role that they believe God is opening up for them? Of course, this is not just about our subjective feelings. We need to be guided by those we trust and are subject to the decisions of others. Generally, what I think, shaped by prayer, needs to align with wise counsel and God's word and be confirmed or denied through well-run processes. Is your desire to be part of this team a matter of convenience or are there positive reasons for you wanting to join? How has the arc of your story led you to this point? 3. Commitment Is the person willing to do what is necessary to further the common good and pursue success for all? This is about discipline and hard work, but it is also about entering into a contract. Clarifying expectations around what is expected can minimise conflict down the line and provide a framework for a positive contribution. I think it's important that team members are involved in agreeing what privileges and obligations look like. Imposed commitments will not motivate or sustain through tough times. What do you need to succeed here? Where do you imagine the tensions might arise between your commitments here and your other important commitments? How can I help with these things? 4. Competence Is this person able to add significant value to the team? We're looking for clear indications that there is alignment with the candidate's skills, knowledge, experience and qualifications and the role. This needs to be explored through generating evidence based on listening to what the person says, observing what they do and hearing from those who have seen them in action in the past. It is especially important to get specialist insight when you are recruiting someone in an area where you are weak and are therefore less qualified to supervise or develop. I think it's also important for those who will be working under someone's leadership to have involvement in the recruitment process. What is your core competence? What have you done that prepares you to handle the core competencies that we are looking for? Where do you think you can make a difference here? 5. Character What is this person like and do they embody the qualities that we consider are important? Honesty and integrity, for example, are key characteristics because without truth there cannot be trust and without trust no relationships of quality and depth can form. Is there a generosity of spirit? a care and kindness worked out in daily life. Talent without character will not advance the team and will ultimately lead the individual to ruin. 
character feels talent and moves it forward. How does your character shape your approach to what you do? What do those closest to you say are your best qualities? What might others find frustrating about you? 6. Chemistry. How will this person fit in and how will they react with others? I first came across using this word in this way at our church in Edinburgh. It really captures the idea that we are never just trying to assemble the most gifted individuals. It is often said that a champion team will beat a team of champions. Beyond the cliché is a reality where the blend of a team matters. How will these people play together? How do their strengths and weaknesses complement each other? Will the selection improve the team dynamics? And <laughs> will we have fun? 7. Culture. How can this person contribute not just to our present culture, but also shape our future. Culture is not just about who we are and how we do things. It concerns where we are going. So culture has a future dimension to it. If we are going to thrive more in the future, it will involve everyone. So every appointment is also about succession planning. How do we value contribution and help this person grow into more responsibility? This can happen through seniority or specialism, and any team or organisation needs both. It is both about the immediate and the longer-term future. Part of this is me thinking intentionally about how I share responsibility and allow others to take the lead. Where could this role lead this person? How do we add value to them and consider the future of the team? In the last seven weeks, I have travelled exclusively in the back seat of the car. Ailsa has driven me everywhere with my right leg propped up on the centre console. I do not relish being this far away from the brake, accelerator and steering wheel. We can delude ourselves in leadership that good things happen because of us, but just as often good things happen in spite of us, and sometimes completely unconnected to us. I need to trust other people to set direction and make decisions. Today I'm thankful that I do not always have to drive the car. I'm grateful for a leadership team and for many on the ground in different ministries who move the work forward. The first episode of this podcast was titled Am I more like the chaff or more like the tree? Drawing on Psalm 1. Today's Psalm 52 revisits the idea of contrast It begins with strong words addressed to Doeg the Edomite, who has betrayed David's whereabouts to Saul. This mighty hero, ironic, is condemned for his boasting, deceit, evil and exploitation, and will face judgment. David ends by saying he is different. But I am like an olive tree, flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love for ever and ever. For what you have done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. And I will hope in your name, for your name is good. That vision of offering protection and blessing and flourishing from deep rootedness is something to aspire to as we invite others to join us. Similarly, given the step of faith people take in exploring an option, 
We want to praise God for their faithfulness and share together our hope in Jesus and our experience of the goodness of God.